Welcome to the Excel Still More podcast. I am your host, Chris Emerson. I'm here to encourage you in your walk with God. Thank you for joining in. Today's podcast is sponsored by Cunningham Financial Group. John Cunningham is a friend of mine and a brother in Christ, and he can help you with financial decisions and future planning. He's been a big help to me and my family, and I commend him to you. You can reach him at 205 213-1720. I am so thankful you're here, so let's get started. Hey, welcome back. I'm really thankful that you're here today. Just a couple of opening comments on that. If you are a listener who is spreading the word and telling other people about the program, thank you so much for that. We've got a great start going to 2023. It seems clear that we've tapped into some new listeners, and that's really exciting from this side of things. And I want to thank you if you have been a contributor to that, and I solicit your prayers. Pray for me as a teacher and sharer, and pray for those who listen, that maybe somehow this program is a part of God's good plan to bring joy and direction to their lives. I hope today that our content can help at least you and me get a clearer vision for the purpose of our lives and changes that we might be willing to make if we were on the clock. The clock we will ultimately set today is 60 months, also known as five years, but I kind of like the language, like 60 seconds, 60 minutes. Well, what if you had 60 months? So we'll do some somewhat typical and practical things, like look at the changes that you would make for your own benefit and the benefit of the people that you love. And part of that will be looking back at the last 60 months leading up to today, to see how serious you've been about using a time frame like that to your advantage and to God's glory. So personally, in assessing my own direction and frequently in counseling sessions with others, I really like this idea of setting up a particular time parameter, asking you to buy into it with me, and then really dig in and find out what would become important. Of course, the backside of that, as it will be today, is pretty obvious. If it would be important under those parameters, and you live a life with no guarantees, not even of the rest of today, shouldn't you grab hold of the most valuable things, the most spiritual things from that exercise, and make them a priority immediately? Like I said, over the last four years of recording, we've done this in different ways. A couple of them really stand out to me. Back in October of 2019... I did an episode titled, Seven Days Left, asking you to suspend disbelief to some degree, since the Bible says we do not know the day nor the hour that Jesus will return. Imagine that you got up in the morning and in blazing letters across the sky, it said, seven days left with a countdown clock underneath it. For the first day or two, the military would send aircrafts up there to figure out what Russia was doing, only to find out that it's purely supernatural and cannot be explained. And let's say you and me and every other believer was absolutely certain that this is all the time we had left before Jesus came. Now, that is quite different than today's 60-month setup. I mean, firstly, we're talking about less than a week. So probably everyone would quit their jobs. Secondly, it represents the end of the world for everyone. So the whole world would be going crazy. But still, under the confines of that kind of intensity, it's probably worth considering where your attention would go. I was reflecting back on it today. I mean, would we go to church on Wednesday from 7 to 8 p.m.? Or would we do that Asbury revival type thing everyone's talking about and just 
meet in worship and continue to sing and pray all the way through the finish line. Maybe for some of us, we would just go be with our families wherever they are, hopefully preaching the gospel to them. I'm pretty sure a whole lot of things that aren't God and others would become instantly unimportant, partially because they'll be incinerated in less than a week, but more so because we will recognize we've given them far too much of our attention and there's not much time to make up for that. In that way, if you're not into the 60-month planning business, you might give that seven-day setup some thought. Because at the very least, it would make super clear in your mind what matters most, who matters most, what needs to be said, and how you really want this entire thing to end. And I'm pretty sure that while there is no flaming countdown in the sky, you and I know that our time is short and uncertain, and there are some things in your life and mine that need some renewed and urgent attention you know, before it's too late. So a couple of years after that, in November of 2021, I did an episode called Bull Named Fu Manchu, which was just a walkthrough of the Tim McGraw song, Live Like You Were Dying. Now that is a different set of parameters in a couple of ways. It certainly insists that you know you do not have much time, though maybe it's more than a week. But also, you are the only one leaving, and everyone else stays. So the song has these great lines about, loving deeper and speaking sweeter and going fishing with your dad. It really asks you to consider what kind of a legacy you're leaving for your family. And to me, in that song, it's really all about relationship repair and investment. I was reflecting back on it today and thinking, even now, if there are people I know in this life who have a problem with me, I think I would call them or visit them and say, you tell me what needs to happen to get to a hug, and so long as it honors God, I'm in. I'm dying. My time is almost up. I'm not leaving this life with unsaid things, with division that doesn't need to exist. At the same time, while I might keep my job, depending on how long the road is, I would double down on investing time in my family and building memories with them, and in having honest, needful, and I pray really great conversations with brothers and sisters in Christ and really just anybody God has put in my life where we need to talk. So that episode at the time hit me very deeply in terms of all different kinds of relationships that I have, and I hope it still has value for you. If you knew that you were dying, you're leaving, no one else is, even if you did not know how long that you had, wouldn't you prioritize loving God and loving your neighbor? with this incredibly renewed sense of patience and gentleness and this idea that says we have to get to peace and joy no matter what it takes because time is short and I'm not leaving here not loving others. One extra element to the Live Like You Were Dying episode, since then I've read a great many articles by Matt Basford. You might remember Salvation by Grace was based on an article that he wrote he was diagnosed with ALS recently, and the decline in his body is swift. He is literally living and writing and sharing, knowing that he is dying. I think we would find this greater sense of grace, and I love how he did that in terms of God. He knows the only way he will be saved is by the great grace of God making him a better man than he is, than he ever could be, than he'll ever have the time to even try to be. And so while seven days left might make very clear what matters most to you, live like you were dying ought to soften your heart. 
And I'm pretty sure all of us could use a little more of that today, regardless of your health situation and how much time you have left. Okay, so for a few minutes here, let's change things a bit. This is an illustration I use more regularly now in counseling sessions. Let's say you knew you had exactly five years left to live. Let's even say, just to clean this thing up a bit, that it will be you who leaves and no one else, and it will not be as the result of a long sickness. You will be here today and gone tomorrow. So it paints a different picture than the previous examples. There's not this crazy flaming letter urgency, and there's also not this shorter time scale health decline. I want you to think less in terms of like urgent prioritization and less about that one tearful conversation you need to have and more about planning. What kind of plans would you make for those five years? How would you begin now to initiate the changes to accomplish those plans? I mean, look, five years isn't a ton of time, but you could start college this fall and graduate with a degree. You could learn another language and go on some amazing mission trips. You could start an entirely new career and have a 401k already off and going for your family when you're gone. You could totally move to an entirely different place, establish yourself, make a whole bunch of new friends, and be the all-star coach of the Little League team three years running. So you do not have all the time in the world, but you have enough time to do a lot. My question is simple. If you're on a 60-month clock, which is ticking away about every 30 days, where do you want to be by the end of it, and how are we going to get this thing started? Now, maybe you're coming at me a little suspicious and cynical today, and you're thinking, Chris, we don't know we have that kind of time left. If we set a plan in action, we may not be able to finish it. So maybe we need to just settle in to one day at a time. Well, you know, you might be right about some of that, but can I ask you this question? Have you been alive for the last five years? If you and I had sat down and had a cup of coffee in late February 2018, and we would have envisioned five years left, what do we want to do? What's important? We've got some runway here. What can we make happen? And you would have said, Chris, I don't know. We don't know if we'll be here tomorrow. I don't think I'm going to plan for anything. I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. Well, you know what? Today would be five years later. You could have built incredible ladders. You could have reached places you didn't know possible. Because God did give you those five years. As he did the five before that and before that. And, well, you know, that keeps going depending on your age. Now, continuing to look back over the last five years, it's been crazy. There were two fairly normal years without COVID, and then we were altered for 15 days to flatten the curve that ended up being 15 months, and then we've been out of COVID into somewhat normal life for about that period of time. It's been five years of Bible reading or church going, five years of holiday seasons. Maybe you've been at the same job. If you measure the delta, the change between then and now, How responsible and appreciative do you feel like you've been for the time you've been given? Some of us have faced extreme situations, even beyond COVID, and some haven't. But in the analysis of your journey, I kind of break it down into a macro evaluation and a micro. I mean, on a macro level, that's changing big things like where you work or drastic alterations in your health or maybe where you live. Maybe you got married. Maybe you completely reversed course. 
Did you plan for any major shift in your life and use that time period to carry it out? Personally, I did not. I still live in the same house and preach at the same place. My kids are getting older. On a macro level, I did not lay out plans for change, and so very little change occurred. But on a micro level, or better term, an internal level, the way I think and feel and understand what God is revealing, the way I talk with people and the message of God's grace that I'm trying to share, that has been altered a lot. And while it's not outwardly visible, I did put in motion some daily exercises with intentionality to explore areas where I wanted to grow. Did you do that? Because when you do so intentionally, change happens, sometimes incremental and internal, but definitely. I guess what I'm wondering is, did the last five years just happen to you and you changed because of its effect on you? Or did you plan for and explore it and you changed because of the way that you used it and because of the space it gave you to get closer to the ideals that you believe are important? Now, you probably know we don't spend a lot of time in these episodes looking back. I mean, what good will that do? But what if by some pure happenstance, you've got five more years? It all happens again starting today. Even if we don't add in the terminal concept of only five years left, isn't it time to think differently about what is possible if you take control of your direction? If you're bolder, more courageous, more adventurous, because you don't want to be in the same place five years from today if God allows it. Or maybe a better way of saying it, you don't want to be at a different place, but purely because of the way the world pushed and moved you, pretty much against your will, or at least without you fighting to make your intended use of it. So using the past to help, but ultimately turning our attention forward to the next five years, and maybe them being the last ones that we have, there are probably two extreme views on that and a lot of stuff in between. Extreme view number one. I don't really want to change much of anything. I'd like to be living here, doing this, watching the kids grow up. I'm pretty happy. Life is pretty great. I think I'll sail out this last run and file it under more of the same. And to be transparent with you, that's probably my line of thinking presently. But I'll have a couple of things to tell people like me in just a moment. The other end of the spectrum is I want to change everything. I've been wasteful. This is all I've got. My story is almost over. Five years is enough time to do a lot if I start today, and I've got a lot to do. Maybe it's reprioritization. Maybe it's rebuilding or nourishing of relationships. Maybe it has to do with education or paying off debt so your family doesn't have to live with it. Instead of more of the same, your mantra is, I ain't going out like that, and it's time to get to work. Probably most people are somewhere in between, but I want to at least address both extremes, and then maybe it will apply to everyone. So to begin, if you're in that first category, there's nothing wrong with saying, I really love my life, and I just want to keep it as it is on a macro level, big picture level, what you do and where you live. But you're not absolved from planning and intentionality. You just need to zoom in a little bit. Zoom in to things that are right there in front of you 
They don't demand that you move to Hawaii to get to. They're right there. Your family and the memories that you're implanting within them. Your financial situation and the burden or freedom that you can provide to your family. Your impact on the local church, on fellow Christians, and the message that you want to give them. What about your personal growth? Are you afraid that maybe you've been stuck in some bias or sectarian church thinking that isn't actually what the Bible teaches? What if you committed yourself to understanding God better over the next five years by just reading a chapter a day and exploring his word? I can 100% guarantee you that has been the most dominant, life-changing part of the last five years for me. On the outside, not a lot of things about my life are different, except for some reason my forehead keeps getting bigger, and of course, my children are growing up. On the inside, I have set myself intentionally on a Seeking God Bible mission, and I feel so much more ready to see God today than I ever have in my life. And I mean, that's kind of the point, right? 60-month clock, and then I see God. How am I planning to make that experience as hopeful as it can be, and to leave that legacy of hope among the people that I love. So if you are very, very satisfied with your life, just zoom in some, and you should find things that you want to see then that you need to begin now. Start asking yourself, what can I begin today? Or if changes need to be had, what are my options? Most people don't seem to like that question in my experience. Tell me what your options are, because we have to change something to get from where we are to where we want to be. It's like most people don't want to choose options. They just want things to happen to them. But in reality, they don't want things to just happen to them. They want more control, and they want to help create better outcomes. In the end, it's kind of like the Stanley book, The Principle of the Path. Pick the direction you want to go and start walking that way. And oftentimes, there's just no other way to get there. And if you have no vision for where you're going or no plan to start working that direction, you'll end up somewhere, but chances are it won't be there. So let me take some of those ideas and move to the other end of the spectrum. You are not pleased with the way you've used perhaps the last five years or the way things are going. You've got 60 months left, and that's it. And all you know right now is you're hopeful things will be better than they are right now. I would say that's a great place to start. The clock is ticking, and I want things for myself, for the Lord, for my family. I want things to be better. But I used to say in the earliest episodes that almost everyone wants to get better, but very few people can tell you what it looks like. So I've taken a little bit of the crazy urgency off, and I'm giving you a five-year picture Tell me what a better you is five years from now. Be creative. Be realistically extreme. You can do a lot in five years. Let's say you did a lot and God was with you along the way. How will things in your life, on a macro level, like big ticket things, be different? As we get to the end of this episode, can I ask you to pray about all that? Can I ask you to get a pencil and paper and write down a few things and then pray about those? and share them with the people that you love? Sometimes that's hard to do because what's on the paper and in the prayers is so different than what's happening right now, but it's a great place to start. In the end, you know you're not on a 60-month clock. Chances are probably decent you've got more time than that, and yet at the same time, you don't know if you have any time left. So why not choose a good, healthy parameter like five years and then start listing your options? What are my options 
now to start that moving in the right direction? What are my options over the next year or two that can really make a big leap towards what I believe is right? When I'm counseling people, I sometimes ask them about the nuclear option. What is the most realistic, biblical, but extreme thing you can do in the next six months to completely transform the next five years? To get you out of crushing debt, to completely restore and renew your marriage, to become someone who shares the gospel fluently with everyone God puts in front of you. Your list may be different. Those are just a few of the big ticket items that come up a lot. Somebody says, well, I guess I'll read my Bible a little more and go to church a little more and think a little more graciously. You know, that might work out if you're really happy with your life right now and you just want to see that deepen some. But if you're looking to maximize these 60 months and end up in an entirely elevated place, it's going to take more than that. It may take the nuclear move to Lindell option. I didn't mean to say that but I also didn't take it out. Get excited about what is possible and the likelihood that you actually do have the time to see this work. You're not on a seven-day clock, and probably and prayerfully, you're not presently swiftly declining to death. You've got this precious parameter called time, and I hope a little fire in you and some excitement about what is possible. Focus more on planning and conversation this week. What does a better outcome look like What are some steps that can get me moving? I want to talk to God about it and my family. And I want you to say the following. Starting today, like I should have done back in February of 2018, I am putting myself on the 60-month clock. Thank you so much for joining in today. If you enjoyed this program, consider sharing it with your family and your friends. And if you're just in search of deeper Bible study or you want to share the message of Jesus with the children in your life, remember to go to creationtorevelation.com. This wonderful company run by Christians provides beautiful illustrations of scripture from beginning to end, putting the spotlight on Jesus. And remember this, whatever you choose to do today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, excel still more.